Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, February 3rd. Coming up today... U.S. futures slide after disappointing earnings from Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet. A busy week for the economy culminates in today's monthly jobs report. Kathy Wood makes a bold claim on investing in tech. And potential changes at Nordstrom sees shares of the department store surge. A suspected Chinese spy balloon has been spotted over U.S. airspace, plus the killer of a New Jersey councilwoman is still on the loose. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Knicks held on for a two-point win at home over Miami. Julius Randle named an NBA All-Star. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with earnings from a trio of tech heavyweights weighing on markets this morning. Let's start with Apple. The shares are down more than 3% after the company reported its worst holiday performance in four years. Supply chain issues and an economic slump are being blamed for weaker iPhone sales. Here's CEO Tim Cook. As a result of a challenging environment, our revenue was down 5% year over year. We remain confident in and focused on the long-term opportunities. Apple CEO Tim Cook says there are signs of a rebound in China. He also says production problems are subsiding. Shares of Amazon also taking a hit this morning, Nathan. They're down 5.5%. The company is projecting lackluster revenue for the current quarter. That's causing worry that the company's e-commerce business has stalled. Sales growth has slowed in the cloud computing division. CEO Andy Jassy says curbing spending is his top goal. Probably the number one priority that I, that I spend time with the team on is reducing our cost to serve and our operations network. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy started a new round of job cuts last month, and that'll eliminate 18,000 positions. And rounding out the big three, Karen, shares of Alphabet are also falling down about 4% after fourth quarter earnings missed estimates. Let's get the details live with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Google's parent company reported fourth quarter sales of $63.1 billion, a million dollars shy of expectations based on data compiled by Bloomberg. The lackluster results come as Google's core advertising business is under scrutiny from the Justice Department. It also faces competition from emerging players, such as OpenAI's ChatGPT. Alphabet acknowledges the challenges ahead. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Steve, thanks. So we're also seeing earnings disappointments outside of big tech. Shares of Ford are down more than 6% after profit fell short of estimates. Ford has been ramping up electric vehicle production while struggling to make money on its plug-in models. Well, we have a flip side, Karen. Shares of Nordstrom are surging this morning. They're up 30%. Bloomberg News has learned meme stock investor Ryan Cohen has built a sizable stake in the department sort chain. Sources say Cohen's trying to replace at least one of Nordstrom's directors. Well, yesterday was a big one for Mark Zuckerberg. By the end of the day, Nathan, the Facebook CEO saw his fortune jump by more than $12 billion. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The surge came after he vowed 2023 will be, quote, the year of efficiency for his social media giant, Meta Platforms. The 38-year-old CEO is rebounding from his worst year on record, with his wealth tumbling from a peak of $142 billion in September of 2021. According to Bloomberg data, Zuckerberg now has a net worth of about $69.8 billion. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank Charlie. Well, another billionaire has lost a massive amount of wealth this week. Gautam Adani's empire has now lost more than half its market value since that report from Hindenburg Research. A short seller accuses Adani of fraud. So far, more than $118 billion have been erased from the value of the 10 stocks tied to Adani. Back here in the U.S., Nathan, a big name on Wall Street is weighing in on last year's tech sell-off. ARK Investments CEO Kathy Wood admits 2022 was a horrific year for her flagship innovation ETF. But Wood is making a bold claim about her fund's long-term potential. Oh, by the way, we are the new NASDAQ, which is one of the ways we were trying to convey, look, if you want to look at the future and truly disruptive innovation, the way the NASDAQ, uh, the NASDAQ performed in the 80s and 90s, right. that's where we went with innovation. And ARK Investments' Kathy Woods says she still thinks Bitcoin will top a million dollars in the next decade. She spoke with Carol Masser and Tim Stenevec on Bloomberg Business Week. And catch the show weekdays at 2 p.m. on Bloomberg Radio or watch it live on YouTube. All right, let's turn away from tech specifically now, Karen, and focus on the broader economy. It's been all about the Fed this week, but today it's about jobs. We get the government's monthly employment report for January this morning, and we get a preview now from Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Payroll forecasts range from 130,000 all the way up to 320,000, but most are skewed to the downside. The number that matters most will be average hourly earnings. The Fed sees wage pressures as the biggest inflation danger now. Economists see unemployment continuing to be the dog that didn't bark. Just a small tick up in the jobless rate forecast. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. And in Europe this week, the Bank of England hiked rates once again, but now the central bank is signaling they may be nearing the end of tightening. That's the message markets took away from Andrew Bailey, but now he's sounding a little less sure. The BOE governor sat down for an interview with Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix after this latest policy decision. We are going to react to the information and the evidence that we see. We're not on, you know, we're not, we haven't pre-announced an intention because we have reached a point, you know, as I've said before, I think we have started to turn a corner. That's encouraging. There's a long way to go, and there are a lot of risks. Policymakers led by Andrew Bailey voted 7-2 to to raise interest rates by 50 basis points. 
It's 32 degrees in Central Park. It's going to stay cold today. Early highs in the 30s. Temperatures will fall through the afternoon. By tonight, we're going to be down in the single digits. But with the wind chill, it's going to feel even colder. Now let's get a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The U.S. and China are facing a number of diplomatic and geopolitical problems. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports you can add a Chinese high-altitude spy balloon. The Pentagon says for several days it has made its way over the northern U.S. Pentagon spokesman Brigadier General Pat Ryder says the Pentagon has decided not to shoot it down. The balloon is currently traveling at an altitude well above commercial air traffic and does not present a military or physical threat to people on the ground. Instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously over the past several years. And Ryder says they will not say where it is now. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Investigators in Sayreville, New Jersey, so far have no motive and no arrests in the shocking apparent targeted murder of a local councilwoman. 30-year-old Eunice Dwumfor, who had only recently taken office, was discovered dead Wednesday night in her SUV of multiple shot gun wounds. The shot was sitting, well, she was shot while sitting behind the wheel of her vehicle. House Republicans voted to kick Democratic Congresswoman Ilhan Omar off the Foreign Affairs Committee, citing her past comments viewed as anti-Semitic. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says her comments while serving on the committee could threaten national security. It's not right. We were right in our action, and she can serve on other committees. But it puts America in jeopardy, and I'm not going to do that under my watch. However, Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York says Omar has since apologized for those comments and called out some House Republicans for their own comments, saying that they are still remaining on committees. Facts don't matter with this extreme MAGA Republican majority. Hypocrisy is not a constraint to their behavior, and shamelessness, they believe, is a superpower and that will all be exposed for the American people. Representative Jeffries says the vote is payback for when Democrats were in charge of the House. Natural gas prices skyrocketed in New York and Boston as bitter cold descends. That will boost demand for the heating fuel. Next day, gas deliveries into a section of the Iroquois gas pipeline that hauls Canadian gas into New York traded at a 20-year high. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. The Knicks have lost a lot of home games this season. They've blown a lot of leads at the Garden. They led Miami by five points with five seconds to go and nearly lost the Heat. Hit a three-pointer, then a Nick turnover, and Tyler Hero was nearly the hero, but he missed the game-winning three-pointer, and the Knicks survived. 106-104, R.J. Barrett, who in that overtime recent loss of the Lakers, sat on the bench, this time led the Knicks with 30 points. Julius Randle scored 23. His season has been much better than it was a year ago, and Randle has been named to play in the upcoming NBA All-Star game. Jalen Brunson did not make it. Brunson didn't play last night. He was out sick. There was a nasty fight in the game between Memphis and Cleveland. Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell went at it and nearly spilled into the stands. Another win for Denver, who leads the West 17th triple-double for Nikola Jokic. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 54 in a comeback win for Milwaukee. That's his third 50-point game of the past month. LeBron James had 26 in a Laker win. He now needs 63 points to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. It is Super Bowl 57. It is the first where both quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, 
are African-American. In Kansas City, Mahomes was asked about the significance. To be on the world stage um, and uh, have two black quarterbacks uh, starting in the Super Bowl, I think it's special. And I've learned more and more about the, the history of the black quarterbacks since I've been in this league. And uh, uh, the guys that came before me and, and Jalen set the stage for this. And now I'm just glad that we can kind of set the stage for guys that are uh, kids that are coming up now. Doug Williams was the first Super Bowl black QB. That was 35 years ago. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Osage County, Oklahoma, is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie's based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story, about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth, and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager, and we are wrapping up a busy week for tech earnings with a wave of disappointing results for the big three A's in the sector. That would be Apple, Amazon, and Google Parent Alphabet, the latest sign that the economic slowdown is crimping demand in just about every business that these tech companies encompass. Let's get more insights this morning from Dan Ives, Managing Director and Senior Analyst at Wedbush Securities, who's been a pretty bullish voice on tech for some time. Dan, it's always great to speak with you. And we'll start with uh, the company that you cover, specifically Apple, the worst holiday quarter for the iPhone maker in four years. Does that come as a surprise to you? Look, I think it's really supply chain driven. I mean, this is not a demand issue with supply because of the China COVID lockdowns. They're seeing acceleration going into this quarter. I think that really is going to take the street by surprise in a positive. I think this was better than feared overall. 
It's interesting, though, because it wasn't so long ago that exposure to China and the supply chain issues there was seen as a pretty significant headwind for Apple. And it's been trying to unwind some of those supply chains. Do you think it's going to be a tailwind with China reopening now? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. You're now starting to see a tailwind emerge. And and Tim Cook could have easily just used the macro card and just be massively conservative. Instead, talked about China accelerating and demand, of course, caution, but still firm. That's not what the bears were hoping for. And that's why I believe this is a stock. And, you know, I'd be shocked if it's not in the green by the end of the day. Well, is there a possibility, though, given the uh, economic headwinds that we're still seeing, a lot of consumers pulling back on some of their spending, that consumer demand could crater uh, in the months to come? Yeah, look, I think consumer demand definitely could soften. And I think that's something that's already factored into to this stock. And I think two of these names. But you're talking about a company right now that has 250 million iPhones that haven't been upgraded in four years. That's right. They have a golden install base, which makes them much more of a rock Gibraltar stock in this what I'll call economic storm. All right, let's turn to uh, Amazon. Do you see that as a Rock of Gibraltar stock as well? I mean, they've been cutting costs uh, pretty significantly even before they reported earnings. Yeah, Amazon, they were spending money like 1980s rock stars, and they need to <laughs> cut costs, and, that, and that's what they're doing here. And I think it's a tale of two cities. Cloud continues to be strong for them, softening a bit like Microsoft, but that is really a pillar of strength. The e-commerce piece, you know, that's still coming off you know, of, of what was really almost a, a hangover coming off of COVID in terms of what they're seeing from growth, that's something they're going to continue to grapple with over the coming quarters. How concerned should investors be that uh, Andy Jassy's talking about a slowdown in growth for Amazon Web Services? Is the cloud sector for Amazon starting to lose some ground against some of the competitors like Microsoft Azure and Google Cloud? Look, I think it's really Redmond. It's what's happening with Microsoft. They're gaining incremental share versus Amazon. And you're also seeing Google as well as IBM and Oracle. And cloud is slowing a bit. But when you look at growth, you're still talking 30% off of massive numbers. So I think this is something that, that's really digested. Street overall was expecting much more Armageddon. You got softness. But nothing, I think, that anyone thought would be ultimately be seen when it comes to Amazon holding up better than expected on cloud. And in terms of uh, Alphabet, the Google parent, a modest miss there, but another sign of the tough digital ad environment that we've been talking about as we've made our way through tech season. How does Alphabet get through this rough patch? Yeah, I mean, YouTube, that clearly softened a bit. And I think for them, it's really about navigating these digital advertising headwinds. But they're cutting costs, cutting costs significantly. And that's something the street wants to see because you're preserving margin, you're preserving profitability. And I think just so much bad news is baking into these tech names. You kind of take a step back on Alphabet, Amazon, of course, Apple. Better than fear. And I think these stocks ultimately rally from here. In about 30 seconds here, Dan, how long do you think the tech sector is going to need to be in this retrenchment mode? Look, I think these companies were spending just assuming hyper growth is going to continue. The clock struck midnight, and now they're ripping the bandit off and cutting costs. But I think now we're starting to get to a point where over the coming months, if a soft landing does take hold, 
these companies actually start hiring later in the year. And I think that's really the narrative here. Tech growth is not falling off a cliff. It's softening. That's better than feared, especially with the Army getting like expectations going tech earnings season. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Osage County, Oklahoma, is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie's based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Heard, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story, about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth, and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.